Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Haunted Playground on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. Please join us at LiveParanormal.com and all of our affiliates including iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, and that just scratches the surface. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host here in Los Angeles and beyond, and I'm a performing and creative artist. And I come to you live from my home in Southern California uh, every Wednesday at 3 o'clock Pacific time. This show is about everything that lives beyond the boundaries of the three dimensions. So whether you want to know, is there God? Is there life after death? Where do I go when I die? Or I think I may have a baby Loch Ness monster in my above ground swimming pool. It all belongs here on Haunted Playground. And every week on the show, I gather folks that I believe to be the brightest and most beautiful minds and hearts and souls in the paranormal and spiritual communities, and we talk about it all. My guest today is a new friend making his debut on any of my radio shows for the very first time. He's a wonderfully talented healer, psychic, storyteller, visionary, and that just scratches the surface of him so, so much more there. Uh, please welcome to the show the wonderful Alan Pratt is here. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are Thank you? Thank you, Sheena Metal. Lovely to meet you, and I love the sound of your voice. No wonder you're Thank on you. the radio. <laughs> and we have so much in com- right. we have so much in common. We're both. I love are, that. You're hearing you have a lot me. Of this monster. We have. I'm sorry. Um, oh, boy. Oh, boy. You, if you really want to dive in deep, no, but I have extraterrestrial creatures living in my body. Oh, well, that's start, probably so even a little bit a little bit scarier. Um, yeah, I, or, I have Or more colorful, no we'll say. Maybe. Perhaps. I, I, am, I have absolutely no cryptids in my pool, but... I do live on an Indian burial ground, and that is its own kind of hayride, which is why um, I probably have 27 salt lamps and 50 selenite wands and a dozen brooms in my house at this time. Uh, I like to ward this place and keep it protected because I I grew up in a really crazy haunted house, and I don't want things living in my body or in my home. Ah, gotcha. All right. Well, I also... I also uh, clear spaces and homes, so that's another thing we have a connection with. I'm a full-on exorcist, and I, I, know, I believe you do deep shamanic healing. I do. Mm-hmm. So you're right. A lot so, of um, Yeah, so we have all this in common. I, I mean, uh, 
Let's see. I mean, we could go so many directions. Did you have time to look at the email that I sent you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so much there. We could do 27 shows. So let's start with this. Oh, my God. Okay. Alan, how did it start for you? When did you know? I like to use the term haunted. I like to say I teach a workshop. I'm teaching at a, at a conference in Santa Clarita next weekend called Are You Haunted? And basically, that's, for me, that's the word I use for, like, touched. So if you've had a spiritual experience, a paranormal experience, uh, a, a ufology experience, and then your life is forever changed, and if you have one, you tend to have dozens and dozens afterwards, I call it being haunted. So when did you first realize oh, okay, that you were cool. haunted? <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, my father, Bob Pratt, was a well-known UFO researcher. Okay. Um, he, he wrote books with J. Allen Hynek, and uh, he, he, was, he was quite well-known for uh, uh, interviewing hundreds of people, in, mostly in Brazil, who had been taken up, who had been abducted. So, um, and I, he spoke at conferences, and he edited the MUFON Journal, um, and so sure. he, he uh, and so this I grew up with this. He didn't get into it until I was uh, out of high school. He was a journalist. He worked for the National Enquirer, and that's how he became a UFO researcher. He didn't believe in any of this at all, and they sent him on a story. And the Enquirer had money back before the internet, and so. They could afford to send him anywhere in the world, give him troops, a plane, if he needed to go into the jungle and figure out where UFOs had crashed, things like that. And very quickly, you know, he'd be, he not only believed it, it became his life. And so um, I would, I would uh, check into all of that, you know, all, every time I would come home from college or then when I moved to New York. I went to Florida State. I went to the School of Theater. So we've got that. You're a performer. You're, you're from the performing yes. arts, correct? Yes. Of yes. course, so we got that all in common. So, you know, I was, uh, I was an apprentice at the Burt Reynolds Theater, and then I moved to New York, and nice. that was my career for a decade. Nice. Well, well, and there's, you know, boy, we could go in a direction there. Um, 40 years <laughs> later, I'm um, one of my uh, – I'm in L.A. Or I'm in L.A. and San Diego. I'm all over the place working on projects and seeing what gets picked up first. I have six reality or docu-series projects that I'm pitching, um, and one of them is called Secret Society of Palm Beach. Oh, okay. I yes. got gotcha. you. And the, further than Epstein. I, go be, I say beyond Epstein, uh, looking at the Illuminati. And, and this, I must say, has all, this has paranormal extraterrestrial connections when we get into a- this absolutely. subject. Absolutely, um, and, so, and I think that's yeah. Uh, you're breaking up just a little bit on me. Oh, I said I, I think that's everywhere. It's interesting because uh, one of my regular guests that I haven't interviewed in a little while is uh, Chris Quarantino, who is the middle son of the Lutz family who lived in the Amityville house. And it was really interesting to hear from him that, you know, they say, well, we don't know why this happened to this family, but the truth was his stepfather was very involved in the Long Beach, excuse me, the Long Island Occult Society, and those people would come over all the time. So I remember once asking my mom why she never was interested in the Amityville story because my parents got married in Huntington, Long Island, right across from Amityville. 
And she said there was something about that town that she never even wanted to go there. So when she heard about that house, she knew that her theory was right. And like you, I'm second generation. My mother was a psychic medium. She said there was something about that house, that, that, that town. I never wanted to go. So when the book came out, I wasn't surprised. I think there are secret societies and occult things going on a lot more than we know places. Certainly old Hollywood, right, was a bastion for black magic and the occult. So I oh, think oh, it, well, it, that well, happens. We're, we're opening a barrel of monkeys there, and I, and I do actually want to – to speak to this because, I mean, it's kind of amazing that you're talking about um, Amityville and Long Island. Um, I, will, I will pick up on that and say that I have worked with a family of, uh, a whole family where they have three houses in that area where three, uh, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to give away any, I won't use any names or specific locations because of client confidentiality. But um, this family has a house on the par of the Amityville Horror House. And this is what my spirit guides told me as I was driving out to Long Island to do, uh, to do an exorcism with the family, to do past life readings for them, to uh, clear this house. And this, this is, um, uh, I know when it's really serious because sometimes when I'm driving toward a situation like that, I will have to watch the traffic very closely because there will even be close calls, like, act, like drivers acting kind of out of control. And I'll go, okay, this is serious. Like I'm getting, I'm getting a little you know, close to getting sideswiped or something like that. And this was the case with this house on Long Island. And here are the connections. That family wanted to know what their grandfather was involved in beyond prostitution. And what, it, what, what I was able to uh, get was that he was supplying young people for um, what you were calling the occult society. I liken to a particular scene in Eyes Wide Shut when Tom Cruise goes to the mansion on Long Island. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Uh-huh. Sure. So this was what Spirit showed me about this grandfather being involved in that level of that he was basically supplying people for rituals. And, right. and so that, and then what I, then it goes into past lives where I uh, realized I gave past life readings to the people in the family that most of them, even the people who had married into their family had been Nazis in world war II. Oh, yeah, well, and that's another thing, right? I mean, I think that the, and this is a whole other can of worms, right, Alan? But I think that the Third oh, Reich yeah. is another example of uh, Of extraterrestrial guidance? Oh, black oh, magic. Maybe. Perhaps, sure. But definitely, well, I'm, I'm, definitely. My spirit guides are holding up two fingers, meaning it's both. And so what I've been right. told about is a special place where the top, uh, ranked uh, along with Hitler would meet, and I, it was a circular building around a round table, kind of like you know crystal ball kind of stuff. And then um, there are a lot of theories about the uh, the Third Reich getting their advanced military aircraft just when they needed it to get an edge on the war from a particular extraterrestrial race. Sure. And I am so wildly, best. and I am so wildly guided with this. Uh, the people who are coming to me, hundreds of people 
uh, I call them creator gods. It would be a lot to go into, but I'm documenting all of this, and I will share the documentation with you later. I'm going public with all of this now piece by piece. People who are key players in all of these wars and civilizations, uh, hundreds of them are coming to me. People who have been royalty, military, scientists, Hollywood movie stars who were involved in the black magic, as you call it, or the satanic rituals, in going all the way back to uh, the silent film era. I know the people who were, you know, like the uh, 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 Douglas Fairbanks is a, is a psychic colleague of mine. Um, I, was just, I was just on a panel show, the Unite show, uh, a couple of days ago, and one of the people who chimed in was a woman who was Ethel Merman, the big Broadway musical star. I mean, this is all so wild, but the reason I got onto this is that I worked at a healing center, I'll just say somewhere in the state of New York or New Jersey, I've worked at a 20 in that area, where a man came in, he was actually the husband of the owner of the center, and she sent him in, and she's a psychic, and teaches psychic workshops, but she said, you need to talk to Alan. And he came in, and I started picking up on his involvement in World War II. And I said, I'm getting something about aircraft, spaceships, something like that. He already had Werner von Braun pulled up on his cell phone to show me. He, he literally just picked wow. up his cell phone and said, well, well, I'm thinking I might have been Werner von Braun. And my body starts shaking, you know, the frequency changes and all so I have literally a hundred stories like that because it's how spirit is guiding me. Uh, yes. is to so that I can, I want to say kind of like, I think it's Brian Weiss or uh, many lives, many masters. Sure. It's kind of like, it's kind of like his many lives, many masters are uh, exponential. You know, I'm, I'm just, uh, uh, it's wild so much so that I've classified it into things like readings of, all the people who are in the Bible days, um, Hindu and Greek gods, um, you know, Hollywood movie stars, World War II, all of that. This is just, the, just the, the reality. This is my piece, I guess, of the awakening um, of, of, or full disclosure. Uh, I guess I want to pull it back to you since we were talking about uh, – I, I loved the promo for the show. As it started, I got all giggly and excited about the paranormal, you know, and, <laughs> and I thought, please, okay, I'm on, we aim to please. <laughs> I thought it's okay. I can talk about stuff here. <laughs> so anything, I'll just go back to, anything. Uh, I, off limits I was, I was not interested in my father's work. This is the irony is that in 2006, after he died, he was awarded the highest honors at the MUFON conference in Denver. And I mean, all the big names were there. And I swear they gave him something that looked like an Academy Award, except it was an E.T. with little blue eyes and a big head. Um, it's charming, isn't it? Um, and I sat at the head table with people like George Tisakalos, you know, you know, a couple of years before Ancient Aliens started, you know, before he became well-known for being the guy with the crazy hair on Ancient Aliens. Sure. And, you know, and I didn't – and at that time, I didn't have any reason – to really get to know these people. And I was there at the head table. And, you know, and then a couple of years later, boom, boom, boom. Um, I think the first things that happened were I, I had success with cancer. 
And I now can attribute my success with multiple forms of cancer and dozens of other diseases. I mean, everything from people dropping canes to brain injury, Bell's palsy, lung disease. I mean, it's kind of wild. Shingles, like it's kind of, you know, a lot of stuff. It, you know, I, I think it's always good for healers to say, it's not me. I'm a good channel or a good servant. I walk the walk, but it's spirit. It's in higher hands. Well, I, yes. I, acknowledge all of, I acknowledge all of that, and I acknowledge that those higher hands are sometimes what we call spirit and we, what we call the gods, and then also what we would call the extraterrestrial races that are controlling the planet. Okay, yes, and, all right. And, and, okay. this, and this, you know, this goes all the way back to everything from Eric Von Doniken. You know, I would go to, I went to a conference where my father was a speaker and Eric Von Doniken was a speaker and my father, my father was like a real journalist. He thought people like Eric Von Doniken was like, you know, like talking half of it was kooky stuff and didn't have enough research. But I got to say, um, I think there's truth to a lot of that, how, how the extraterrestrial races have been called gods by indigenous cultures cross-culturally around the planet throughout history. And they all talk about, sure. you know, the fiery bird in the sky and things like that. You know, so we're, you know, and ancient aliens looks at all of this. And I was just a participant, uh, not a speaker, but I was on the front row um, uh, at the the Conference for Consciousness and Human Evolution okay. in San Diego Beautiful. with people like Greg Braden, Bruce Lipton, Leonard Horowitz, the doctors, uh, J.J. and Desiree Hertog, um, like that. Uh, William Henry, consulting producer on Ancient Aliens, and about all of them discuss both the ancient I, – I wish they didn't focus so much on Christian, and kind of, I wish they'd broadened the religious uh, approach, but they looked at that and then they look at the multidimensional reality that we really live in with the presence of extraterrestrial or higher and higher dimensions of ourselves. And they talk about the evolution right. of human being and they look a lot at transhumanism and AI and then, you know, chipping and implanting and replacing body parts, all of that. And um, so they're And then when they talk about the evolution of human being, what they use as examples are an extraordinary ability to heal people and a heightened level of intuitive ability. And I'm thinking, well, that's healing work and psychic work. And then yes. I'm thinking, well, I've got all this going on. And I am excelling. Yes. I'm, this is, I mean, you know, this isn't my ego. This is false modesty would not serve in this conversation. I'm, I'm achieving something. And it's not about me. It's, look, it's about looking at, well, why is this guy having some success? And Because I'm always of the belief that we're all healers. If I can do it, you can. Anytime I speak in front of a group or an audience, you know, I say that. I say, look, you know, this, I'm sure, you know, you, everybody's got some amount of this ability. Some of us are destined to or choose to make it a profession and a life passion. But I think everybody ought to be able to heal people in their own family, heal themselves, give readings to their friends, you know, receive truth. Uh, you know, I'd say just be yeah. more awake and not so, you know, I think a lot of us would theorize because of the toxic substances in all of our food and the air and everything and the, and the, um, the programming that we've been dumped down. That's a common 
phrase that we've been dumbed down, robotized, uh, you know, that we're not fully aware, awake. Einstein said we're using one twentieth of our brain. All of that. I'm just saying I have tapped into a powerful healing ability, and I have almost no training. I have a couple of Reiki certificates. I have used yeah, my and psychic and abilities. You know what, my friend? I don't even have Tell that. Me. I just have, there you go. I just have I just natural ability. The best psychic mediums I ever knew, who happened to give birth to me. Um, she never acted oh. like she was training. She just taught me how to live as a good person. And somehow just being around her, her gifts developed in me. And then when she died, this is a crazy thing. Somebody told me this on my radio show once. They had inherited someone's gifts. And I thought, you got to be crazy, lady. But uh, about an hour after my mom died, I felt all of her gifts drop down into the top of my head. And then I had mine. Wow, and I had that's her, beautiful. And I was, Holy shit. Um, so, but you know what? I don't believe, and I, no offense to anybody who teaches or who trains or who gives certificates. I think it's great if that's what you want. But I think it's like music or acting or all the creative skills I grew up in. You can train or you can just train by doing. And I always felt there that getting you go, out and there I'm 100% and doing with you. was Walk the walk, follow the path, practice. How do you get to, you know this yeah, old joke, how do you get there. to Carnegie Hall? Practice. Yeah, you know, the person's asking for directions, <laughs> but the answer is practice. Walking. I'm so with right. you because I, I got a friggin' BFA in acting and directing from, from Florida State yeah. University. And after that, I was like, Beautiful. what, why, why? I mean, yeah, but really a university degree and that cost involved. I tell young people, you know, if you, and, and in regards to healing, I tell people if you're drawn to a modality, if you have the money and the time and it, you know, it really feels like something that's right for you, absolutely. But, but you don't need it because it's in you. And the more you do, if you learn one, two, or three modalities and then go out and practice, what's going to happen is you are going to synthesize and integrate something that is really you're going to end up calling it my own thing. It's the me. It's yeah. not this modality. Yeah. I'm doing my thing. So I agree. that said... That said, with both healing work, psychic work, and performance uh, art, or performing, the performing arts, uh, um, uh, <laughs> where do we want to go with this? I, I think I want to rattle down for whoever's listening. I want to, because it's, par, because I want to get to the paranormal stuff and just throw this in there. Um, because oh, I think oh. where I was before I tended it off is to say that I acknowledge the extraterrestrial forces because here's how this all rolled. I had, you asked how it started. I had a cancer miracle in 2010. And, um, and then I, and my, my spiritual teachers in Florida said, hit the road, live out of your car, meet the other healers, go to California, find out what this is all about. And I have been nomadic for 13 years ever since. Now I've had leases for up to a year at a time in California and Florida. And I, I often check into a place for a month or two, but the path, follow the path. And what I didn't know is that spirit was going to put my ass into the middle of dangerous situations and not tell me what they were doing. And the first one they did after I drove across <laughs> the country, oh, yeah, drove all the way to Berkeley. But now I get a little healing studio. And I, on my 50th birthday, spirit just, I was meditating and my body just sat bolt upright. And my voice said, I have to go to ha 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 in this Central American country and I'll leave it because 
this is a well-known place, and I'm not going to say where it is, but it's in Central America. And I thought, wow, I guess I'm going to this lovely retreat center for R&R, for driving across the country. Hell no. I flew there, get into the middle of the jungle. Only took me a couple of days before going, oh, there's something very wrong here. And even other guests were figuring it out because they were psychic. And because they were, we were supposed to, it's all part of the great big show, you know, that entertains the big audience out there in our Hunger Games reality. I started figuring out that this place was a cover for an international drug cartel and that I was oh. in the jungle in Central America and that they had figured out that I had figured out. And so this was just the beginning. And then I got out of there and it was very cinematic and dramatic. If you went, um, it's in all that recording series. That recording series that I sent Sheena, for the folks who are listening, I am recording my story with a wonderful little radio station in Boulder, Colorado, with a brilliant man named Matthew Bovard. Said, I said, I'm going to record your story. And so then we're hoping to also then get this picked up for film or reality TV. Who knows? But I'm tapping into a lot. So there's some challenges like busting through ceilings. I had mentioned earlier that uh, Secret Society of Palm Beach, that was the first reality or docuseries proposal I wrote. Netflix producer came to my home where I was living in Hollywood, Florida. He was so interested. He was so excited, couldn't wait for our next meeting, showed it to another producer, and that was the end of that, Sheena. He backed off wow. completely. So Right. I have also, I'm going to tell you that I have uh, worked with um, the CIA, FBI, and ultimately the Men in Black to stop major terrorist attacks in New York and Washington, D.C., that, was in, uh, that would have been Pearl Harbor Day 2010, that was December 7th, and then Christmas Eve of 2010 in Washington, D.C. I've, I've been trying to tell my story on and off. Uh, you know, you kind of give up when you feel like nobody's listening. You know, you throw it on the shelf for a couple of years, and then you go, come on, i got to tell that story. I have had, I did just a 30-minute video uh, in New York in a friend's home in 2017 or 18 put it in my draft file on YouTube, not even published, Sheena, and it was removed for me because I was talking about what I did to work with the government agencies to stop these terrorist attacks. So well, I don't, like I don't, Alfred Lambert. Uh, are you just yeah. cracking up I'm a little not bit? What did you just say? Oh, I said I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. Um, I'm only surprised that anybody wouldn't be surprised that that would happen. Uh, right. Um, Alfred Lambermont Weber, um, who I found on Ancient Aliens. I cannot tell you, I have, I have emailed approximately 20 of the top um, ET, UFO, Disclosure, and just a short list would be Stephen Greer. Um, uh, William Henry has not even answered me since the uh, conference in San Diego in January, and I went up to him personally and said, I sent you an email a week ago, mentioned my father's name, and he said, oh, yeah, I saw how uncomfortable he looked. And I saw, and I said, so you'll talk to me. Leonard Horowitz hasn't answered me. I, I have emailed. So, but prior to Alfred Lambermont Weber, I would say Linda Moulton. How I could go down the list, the Edge of Wonder, the boys and the guy, those guys in Brooklyn, all these people who you know are eager to broadcast everything about the truth about all of this, um, are uh, won't, don't respond to emails. And I can send a second or a third. Seti hardly gave me a response to ET, ETI Foundation. Um, anyway. Um, Alfred Lambermont Weber, he said, Alan, I will interview you on my YouTube channel. I said, okay, good. 
He's got about 70,000 followers on his YouTube channel. And I thought it will lead to more because he does live streams with people like uh, Linda Eisenhower. You know, and, and I thought this will just boom, 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 boom. He was shut down by YouTube the morning of the interview. Yeah, and he didn't contact yeah. me after that. I was like, he was like, Alan, I'm so sorry. And I said, oh, well, you know, when you, he was shut down for three months. He was slapped. And then three months, and so I said, "Well, get back to me, you know, when you're back up." And I thought, and my spirit guide said, "Don't contact him again. See, see what happens." I can't, yeah. I got to tell you, I keep a yeah. sense, I keep a sense of humor around all of this. And as I share this, I'd like people to know, I'm 17 years sober. I don't have any, you know, I don't do nutty behavior. I go to the gym every day, and I keep a very good attitude, and I keep moving forward with all my other projects. You know, when one thing doesn't get a response, I go, "Okay." Well, I'll work over here, and I produce sound healing concerts. I don't want, I want the folks to know that I have, an, I have a career going on here as a, as a healer and a psychic. I, actually, I kind of pulled back on the sound healing concerts when COVID hit. But our last concert in New York, we had a sold-out house of 250 people with an ensemble of 30 singers, musicians, and healers. And we don't do a sound bath when we do an event. Ours is like an ayahuasca ceremony. You know, we go deep. People have like a medicine experience. You know what I'm saying, Sheena? Yes, I do. And this, yes. Is making me, this is so funny. This is making me purge a little bit right now. I have to cough. It's an interesting thing. I was thinking about while you get your throat chakra you, under control. I said, I'm thinking, what you th- I'm thinking of while you get your throat chakra under control. It's interesting how the government gets all kicked up. Around the ufology stuff, Alan, but you can sit and talk about demons and darkness until the cows come home and the government doesn't give a crap, which I think is odd because I think the real issue going on in our world is the battle between darkness and light. But it's all about aliens, aliens, aliens. And I understand we stole all their technology and we probably feel guilty about that. And we probably cut open that little dude at Roswell and we feel a little guilty about that. But, wow, (laughs) you are a nut if you talk about aliens, but you can talk about, you know, darkness until the cows come home and everybody, no one cares. Okay, well, I must be bringing it all together because I'm having all of these ET UFO experiences, um, which include, I'll just rattle off a few more. Um, I, I went back to that Central American country like a dumbo because some voices from outer space told me to, you know, and people are even like, don't go back. And I did. And on the way in the capital of this country, I was choked and beaten to death by a gang. It was just three people in their twenties, two men and a woman, but they were good at it. And they, it was, it was a gang initiation, kill a man with your bare hands. And so they, so thankfully I wasn't shot or knifed. I was literally just beaten. I was choked to death basically and hit the pavement and all of that. And a resurrected, in front of those people by a nine-foot-tall blue avian, oh, okay. which I did not see. But, but when you hear all the details, it's been told to me in detail by my best psychics in Florida and California, who you know people who don't know each other, and people since then have seen the blue avian near me, like as a shadow figure, without knowing the story. Like I've had people say, hey, Who's the big blue guy? And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is real. I'm not crazy. You know, so that happened. And then, um, you, you know, I got you know to what's say, interesting, I Alan? Reason... When you're talking about what? that really quick, you know what's interesting? The big blue ones like that, the big giant blue ones that are often in the navy blue robes, 
Um, oftentimes when I do spirit uh, guide identification for folks, that specific species comes up as one of the spirit guides. So for whatever reason, that species of off-worlder must be volunteering for spirit guide work a lot. Okay, well, I'll, t I'll give you what I uh, understand on that particular topic. I don't know much about the blue avians. I didn't know until I happened to be watching um, Corey Good and uh, what's the guy's name, Hancock, or, uh, 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 but they, they, they showed a, a drawing of a blue avian and then talked about them. And I thought, oh, this is very real. And then I started hearing messages from my spirit guides telling me that where they're coming from is Middle Earth, that they're not actually oh, coming from oh. off Earth, that they're coming. I don't know. There may be, I get that there are some off Earth. They're like, oh, yes, Ellen, the majority are off Earth. The ones we're being visited by here on the Earth plane are coming right up out of the North Pole. They've been, like, stationed in Middle Earth for a while. And I had a couple of implants. You know, I said I've got living creatures in my body. And I also said I'm also in wildly great shape and incredibly healthy at 63. Um, I had, so these implants are good guys. They do healing work with me. Um, a couple of them protect me. This is why I am not off the grid, which I was after dealing with all the government agencies uh, with, around these terrorist attacks. I was off the grid for four months um, uh, until a point where Spirit said, now drive from Southern Oregon, where I was hiding out, down to San Diego, and I didn't understand why, went out in the farm fields, out in the desert. And that's when I saw, like, one night, 30 light ships in the sky. So many. It was, it was so easy to identify them. And the other night, it was only one. But that was the night where it came down so low that I, I wasn't like looking at a light in the sky. It was, I could see it, the dark ship, right? I mean, like, less than a 1,000 feet. And I could see the shape of it, that it was a cross between a triangle and a circle. And that it had a circle, it had a ring of lights underneath. And this was something that my father researched and got a lot of reports on. And I heard the humming the buzzing that didn't sound like human aircraft. And, and you know, but you wow. go, take me up or what's going to happen? And, and then, you know, and then by my memory, I go, I've been out here for hours and nothing happened. I'm just going to sleep in my car. You know, and what you, you know, my father had hundreds of people that he either interviewed and or placed under hypnosis. And I heard a couple of recordings of people reliving their UFO abductions you know, and then I was like, okay, I don't need to hear any more of this because some of it included screaming. And, I, you know, I was young at the time. Right. I was only like around 20 years old. And so now here I am, you know, the, I was 52 at the time when, these, uh, when I was taken up. I just say being taken, you know, beam me up, Scotty. You know, I've been, I was beamed up or taken up two nights in a row. And one night there were tons of ships in the sky. One night it was just that one that came down so low that I was like, wow, here we are, just like Close Encounters. Of the third kind, and like literally, I said my father wrote a book with J. Allen Hynek, who was the most famous UFO researcher in the 70s, and he was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He was in that scene where they land. He's the old man who, who they let walk forward oh. because of who he was. Okay. And so my father ended up becoming that guy. J. Allen Hynek was before him, then my father became that guy, and now <laughs> you see the, the pattern here. Now here I am at the age of 52, standing out in the field outside San Diego going, all right, let's go. But I don't have any memory of it. 
But less than six months later, I started noticing things in my body. I started, you know, there was a lump oh. here, and then it moved, and then it was, you know, and then it got larger, and then it started making sounds, and then I noticed during healing events, I thought, oh, this thing's working with me. And then you look back and go, oh, now I know why. And then, you know, I started realizing that was why they then said you can go out in public again. You're okay. You're fine now. And so I have a total of actually yeah. five of them in, in my body. Three are full-on living creatures. Two are, I want to say, robotic with identity, kind of like HAL in 2001, A Space Odyssey. That's a computer with an identity. These are kind of like robotics with identity. So I've got a combination of these in me. And I have had my colleagues repeatedly have asserted that they are Pleiadian and Arcturian. Okay. And, and then this goes back to, I, I don't know if the Blue Avians are, I don't know if they're Pleiadian and Arcturian. It's an awful, awful lot to try to figure out. But um, I asked just recently, because I'm back in San Diego and I'm going public with all of this now, I was like, well, who exactly, you know, what was I picked up on? Whose ship was that those two nights? And Spirit said, it was a Pleiadian starship that picked you up. And the Arcturians fly from outer space into the North Pole. They get on the Pleiadian, like your local bus. <laughs> they get on the Pleiadian ship. And then, like they said, and these guys party. Two races party while they're doing little, like, doing, like, operations on people like you. They hang out and have a good old time. And so my understanding is I was taken up on Pleiadian light ship, and it was like Arcturian and Pleiadian forces together working on me and hanging out. Yeah. So there's, so sure. you, so there's, yeah, there's all of that. And then, so um, beyond that, uh, being killed and resurrected and uh, the implants and all of that, uh, the, working with the men in black, um, you know, I could go into details about that, but basically they were the real deal. And they really wanted, they were interviewing me because I, I obviously had done my part to stop these terrorist attacks. And uh, I think they, wa- they simply wanted to know, how are you doing what you're doing? And they weren't, they, while they acted friendly, I don't think ultimately they were. Um, because, and they took pictures of my skull. And uh, they had me hold my little crystal skull, a skull up next to my skull. And I wondered at the time why. And it took me a few years to figure out that there's one in my skull and it's one of the ones that can take down uh, – uh, you said we can talk about anything. So it's one of the ones that can kill people from a distance if, if they need to defend me, if they need to protect me against, like, a government agent, like a sniper or something. They can actually just, boom, take them down. Okay. Okay. All right. How do you so feel about of, that? I mean, it, does it freak you out? I mean, it's, my mom was a ufology stuff. She had a couple of encounters. And um, I I thought it, I'm glad I don't. I had one, and it, that was the end. That's all I ever wanted. I'm like, uh-uh, please, never again. And, um, I mean, I know they're around, and I can feel them around, and I can communicate with them if I need to. But, um, I mean, how do you feel about having all that stuff in your body? Because i, I got to be completely honest with you, sweetie. It, it would freak me out. Oh, um I'm beyond freaked out, sweetie. <laughs> but can you hear me laughing? <laughs> the laugh is not inauthentic. And the laugh is not like a manic cuckoo person's laugh. It's literally somebody who has 
been through so much in my life that combination of that what don't kill you only makes you stronger, which, you know, that's an old, like, my grandma would say that, right? You know, um, right. This is this is the awakening. This is this is the time of people like me coming forward. Would I choose this? No, I would not choose most of what's happened to me. Um, this is what I call the hero's journey, and I have not studied Joseph Campbell's work from the '90s closely. But you know who I'm referring to, and what I mean when I say yes. the hero's journey. I have I, I, I looked a little bit at man and myth or man and monsters or myth and monsters. I think it's the series that was on Netflix. It's not on now, but it was on a couple of years ago when I began documenting everything I've experienced because one of my colleagues looked at me and said, Alan, you are on the hero's journey. You should contextualize this in, in, in Joseph Campbell's <laughs> teachings because this is what they're doing with you. And so, and also, I have had many readings where, <coughs> hang on, I was not coughing until we got on this call. <coughs> but, uh-huh. it, you know, I talk about this stuff, and dark. stuff comes up. <laughs> so, and then we're going to get to light and dark. We really are. Um, uh, oh, what was I just saying? Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have chosen this stuff. Uh, um, Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell, The Hero's Journey. Uh, Oh, having these things in my body. Well, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, the fool. You out. The fool. Sure. This is, I was going to talk about being, no, I was going to say, I have gotten the fool card in many tarot readings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's wild. And so, so like I said, I, I would, and, you know, and I clear people's throat chakras, and I, you should hear me sing in, it's an ongoing process all the time because of the amount of darkness that I'm dealing with, Sheena, whether it's ET stuff or all kinds of darkness, I am dealing with all of it. Hang on one moment. (laughs) So when I've gotten the fool card in a reading, readers have said, this is to your benefit. This is what you need to be, or you simply say or spirit wants you to do. And so I have been a fool, and even looking back, some of the things, like I said, going back to that Central American country, I did that when I was 51. I would not do that now. I was still new at following the path, and all of this felt like I've got to go back. And I won't go into the details. It made sense to me at the time, but it wasn't in my best interest. And so over the years, I've gotten more cautious. Um, But uh, in regard to – it's kind of like I don't have a choice, except I will say – I did a session with a wonderful woman in Philadelphia named Karen Cressman, C-R-E-S-S-M-A-N. She titles herself a multiversal shaman. And somebody said, you know, with the story you got, talk to Karen. And she goes out into the cosmos, uh, you know, in a meditation, and she researches these things. And she went out to a space station and talked to a professor in the back of a class where there were students like me getting ready to go on journeys like the one I'm on now. And she said that the professor said very few people agree to have as many input in their body as Alan did. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, okay. She, said, she, she said the professor says 
but you can have them removed if you want to. You can have them surgically removed. However, if you do, you will age more like normal humans. <laughs> and I oh, oh okay. You, People, people who are with me now. When I look closely at my skin and things, I'm I'm over the age of sixty. I know that. I can't tell you. People, most people think I'm in my late forties, maybe fifty, and they're like, "What?" And so, it part of it is my diet and my exercise and the energy moving through me. But again, I I, I attribute some of that energy moving through me to the extraterrestrial creatures that are in my body and to the light ships in the sky. Because I've felt the light, I've felt the frequency coming from the light ships in the sky directly into the palm of my hand, directly into my heart chakra, directly into my crown chakra. I've even taken workshops out at night and pointed out the light ships and had I've taken frequency from them and then transferred to the people standing next to me and they can feel it or they'll get it direct from the light ships. So I acknowledge all the healing stuff for that and. Um, so, but, but, so, but this, you know, so, but I acknowledge that part of my youthfulness is literally these, uh, what I call the boys, these, these things that are in my body. So I've gone through periods of being very resentful, very angry. I will be, I will tell you, Sheena, um, they, and this gets into the, this gets into the whole realm of demons and entities and darkness and exorcisms and all of it. When I do healing events, there's, the more people there are, the more darkness comes up out of all those people, and a lot of it comes straight to me. I had a, a, a light worker friend in New Jersey, uh, in Princeton, who, who the first event she came to, she said, wow, Alan, I watched the demons rise out of people's bodies as they were lying on their yoga mats, and they go flying into your gut. And I was like, wow, that's great. Right. And because what I, was ex- what I was experiencing is getting knocked down really hard. And these guys, the three of them that do this, they're in my pelvis and belly. That's where they are. And so right. I think a lot of healers, when they're, when they're pulling darkness out of other people, it does somehow, it goes into the gut chakras sometimes. I'm not the only person who well, experiences it, this. It, it goes into solar plexus chakra and root chakra, which is what you just described, right? It's, I think it's everywhere between there, solar plexus to root and every bit in between. And so I've had many colleagues say, now, you know, Alan, you don't have to let that stuff go through your body. You can deflect it. And I've heard it, you know, I've heard 10 different remedies to this. And I've been at this a long time and worked with 20,000 people and I've tried many different kinds of meditations. I've worn a red sash around my middle. I've had garlic rubbed on my inner wrists. You know, I've had people say everything. I've been sprayed with everything. I've had people stand over me and do invocations because I work large ensembles around the country doing healing events. And so I've been around all of this. And I got to tell you, at the end of the day, I, I don't seem to have much of a choice in how it works through me. It just seems to do it the way it does it. Even with my going, please don't do it this way. And I reached a peak in the summer of 2019. <clears throat> we were doing a concert in New York, and I, I ended up on the ground again. <clears throat> and I was getting sort of suicidal around all of this. Hang on. <clears throat> and there were healers in New York and New Jersey and I've had maybe a hundred healers work with me trying to like 
calm the boys down and do things like that. There were a couple of particular healers, a guy named Dean Kurt in Brooklyn, who for whatever reason, every time, even if I texted him, by the time he texted me back, bed calms down. You know, it would only take him five or ten minutes, and I'd say, Dean, I'm pretty good now. Thank you. And then there was a, and I won't name this other healer because she uh, is on the faculty of a university. She actually hires the faculty for a major university. And I say this to give credibility to the, quote, spiritual healers, because a lot of people think this stuff sounds booga booga or crazy. And what this woman did, because she's a healer in her off time from the university, said, Alan, I am going to appear before the Galactic Federation on your behalf and tell them this is not working and they need to adjust something. And, you know, part of the inside goes, oh, you know, okay, thank you. She did it twice. It worked. Sheena, as of September 2019, I have had almost no physical issues, no pain in my body with the presence of these creatures. Isn't that amazing? And I I mean, that was September of 2019. Our next concert and our last one because of COVID was January of 2020. That was the one I said it was sold out and all of that. And I was like, oh, God, you guys, please. This is my 60th birthday celebration in the biggest city I work in. Please don't do what you did at the last concert last summer and have me lie on the floor of a big church in Manhattan staring at the ceiling, you know, with hundreds of people there going, is he okay? You know, no, nothing at all, zero. And a larger, a larger group of participants than the previous concert and nothing since then. So this is the power of spiritual healing. And this is the relationship that I appear to have with working with the light and the dark. And I, because people will say, well, why do you work with so much darkness? And sometimes light workers are, are contending with a lot of darkness because of their own personal karma from past lives. My history is that I have been a light worker throughout the eons. And what I have done has been a really, like, I've been a really excellent person over and over. Uh, I won't get into all of that, but it includes some, I, I told you I know, like, all the, uh, I've been well-known people throughout history, too. And my finger's pointing to the phone saying, oh, boy, when you and Sheena talk, you probably know some of the people you've been throughout history. Um, sure. But and I, have, I haven't looked at you yet, but, but I'm already seeing some, uh, I'm seeing things already, even as I'm just grinning, because I'm seeing some very powerful, one or two power, powerful people that you've been in history. I've been some, some really well-intentioned people throughout history, maybe like uh, Abraham Lincoln and Paul the Apostle. People started telling me I was Paul the Apostle when I was 40, and I've never read the Bible. And so I can heal disease. People, including people dropping canes, I'm a full-on exorcist. I activate the light workers. I have that ability very, very strongly, and I'm taking down the bad guys. This is all like a Paul or a Jesus. And I know I'm way not the only person on the planet doing it. I'm just saying I'm walking that walk. And, I, and I'm tying sure. all this together. Go ahead. That's what we're supposed to be doing, right? Walking the Christ path. It. It, it is, and I, and I want to say I'm doing it to a degree that it's worth documenting and, uh, and, bring, and telling my story to motivate, inspire, and um, I want to say liberate a lot of other people on the, on the same path. 
Um, I love that. Um, so, thank you. So, uh, so with the exorcism, the light and the dark, boy, because I seem to – so I'll just – the short list is I was born unto pure darkness. Uh, my mother, who is now 94 and may pass any moment, uh, she was a registered nurse who could draw blood for the adrenochrome rituals in Palm Beach that I was subjected to. Uh, oh, she's also okay. a serial ki- she's, she's a serial killer. I've been investigating all of this for the last decade now with a team of psychics because it's all connected with the Illuminati, Palm Beach, Palm Beach County, all of that. She's protected by the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Department, all of the local media. I can't, they won't touch anything that I bring anywhere near any of this. Uh, she's been completely protected. So this is what I was born onto. I won't go t- too far into this, but everything from my experience as a child confirms this. It only makes it more sense out of the horror that my childhood was. And my, and my, my brother ended up, he OD'd and died at the age of 17. Um, and I, I went the other route. I've had every kind of healing, you know, healing circle, you know, landmark education, fasting and cleansing, you know, uh, singing and dancing. You know, I became, you know, I became the singer, dancer, actor, you know, healer. All of that's been my path to come out of that darkness. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned the Burt yeah, Reynolds. I mentioned that. the Burt, the Burt Reynolds Theater earlier. That <coughs> is part of what I am investigating. <clears throat> It almost you can hear like Gerd like trying to stop trying to block my voice as I say God, some of this. Yes, my goodness, your throat uh, because I've been up. well, and again, my I have such a wildly open throat chakra. But what I notice is it's the uh, it's the uh, it's the dark forces that don't want me speaking the truth uh, on radio shows. Absolutely. Like I said earlier, you know, being stopped by uh, whoever's whether it's the Men in Black or Google or you know uh, YouTube, you know. Is stopping me from reaching the people in different ways. Um, I even hear it when I'm in interviews and when I start talking about stuff, like I'll suddenly get like, oh, like I like still my throat's full of goop. Anyway, um, so that whole the whole thing with the Burt Reynolds is just more of all of that. Uh, it looks like the theater was literally built for this purpose, and we literally, when I was 22 years old and we were apprentices, there was one night where we left. And we saw a UFO shoot up into the sky. There was either somewhere in the theater, near the theater, but the theater was two blocks from the ocean. We thought maybe it was coming out of the ocean. I contacted my father immediately, and I got to tell you, he, 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 was, he was researching all the, the blue books and all the old UFO files. He was quite the researcher at the time. I was wondered at the time why he wasn't more interested in what I had, he was like, well, you can report it to the press, but they won't pay attention. Uh, you, know, you, could, you know, you can tell people like me, but there, you know, all of this, he wasn't really all that interested. This was because he and my mother, unfortunately, were tied into all of this. Through, because yeah. my father got dragged into all of this because of my mother. My mother was, and I have had people, my colleagues have even suggested that both of my parents were hybrids. And then my father was from a race like the Andromeda or the Arcturians or something. And my mother, who was the really dark one, was a, is basically a creator god from the Orion uh, galaxy, from the dark. And I know all the greys, Orions, Draconians, they're not all dark. They have a, there's, there's good folks from those ET races, and there's a lighter side to them. 
what I pick up on is like where my mother came from is the dark of the darkest. And sure, even things sure, like sure. I've gotten re- before I realized anything, I didn't know about satanic rituals or Illuminati until after five years of being on the West Coast and then returning to Florida in 2014, uh, partially to investigate my mother. And then, I, and then it all just kept opening up to the church she was involved in. And I thought, well, why would the church be involved? I didn't, and I'm going to say Unitarian, Unitarian. And, I didn't, and my, I've had colleagues say, oh, Alan, don't be confused just because the word Unitarian sounds like unity. They're not the same church at all. The Unitarians are like the right. Mormons, the Catholics, the Jesuits. They all have these kinds of rituals going on. And I, that's, so it just expanded from, from there. But, um, uh, yeah, absolutely, I, I absolutely, sweetie. I, we're, we're completely out of time. Oh, my uh, goodness. And we've, find, find, let's do this again. Sure, we definitely can. Um, at my website is alanpratt.net, A-L-A-N-P-R-A-T-T.net. It's pretty easy to find me on Facebook as Alan Pratt. I'm not on Instagram. On Alan Pratt, it's alan.pratt.amion, A-M-Y-O-N. Um, and I, I do exorcisms and healing of disease anywhere in the world. I do remote work all over the planet. Oh, I'd love that. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. And let's do this again. I would absolutely love it. Absolutely. And we'll Pratt, everybody. Thank you, Alan, so much. If you missed those links, it's SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. That's how you find me, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com for all your psychic, spiritual, paranormal needs. Um, and I'm going to be speaking at the Parapod Festival in Santa Clarita, uh, March 31st and April 1st. Check it out at ParapodFestival.com. I'm on social media everywhere at Sheena Metal. Until I see you next time, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always work to raise your vibration. Know that you are loved and you are loved, and I'll see you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.